Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers. A podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. All the food in New York City! I don't think that would fit in one refrigerator. Probably not, but today we're talking with Ina Yaloff, author of Food in the City, New York's professional chefs, restaurateurs, line cooks, street vendors, and purveyors talk about what they do and why they do it. Ina Yaloff, thank you so much for joining us today on Food Friday Leftovers. Thank you so much for having me. The way the book is set up, as I was reading it, I noticed that you get to know some of the stories behind the food. And that really strengthens the connection that we already feel when it comes to food and community. Mm -hmm. I think that the stories, there are 53 stories in the book, and they all are by people talking about what they do and how they feel about what they do. And the connection is food. But this really is a book about people. And these people are living lives that we would never otherwise known what they have to go through sometimes to follow their dreams about being in the food world. Exactly. And we've always had this this sense of food and community and food and people. I mean, even when everyone sits around the dinner table, it's so much of an experience. What I wanted to ask you was, what was the most interesting experience that you had while you were conducting these interviews? You know, the most exciting, I have to say, was the day that I spent at Rikers Island. It was actually a morning. Rikers Island, for those who don't know where that is, it's the correction facility. And I interviewed the woman who cooks or makes, she's head of the food service, for the entire prison system. And that means 12,000 inmates and 8,000 guards. Wow. So that's 20,000 people. She makes 47,000 meals every single day for these people. And just going there was so fascinating to me, just being allowed in the prison and seeing how a prison culture works and seeing what the kitchen was like. It's the largest kitchen in New York City. This woman is this little five-foot-tall woman <laughs> who, who runs this entire thing, and she has some of the prisoners working with her. It's, and her story is amazing, I have to say. I think what ties all these stories together is the passion that these people have for what they're putting on the table. That's absolutely true. In fact, I have a chapter called Taking the Heat, and that's for the people who work in the kitchen, um, mostly line cooks. And they talk about what they have to go through to realize their dream, which hopefully is to become a chef. So, um, for example, Mackenzie Arrington talks about how he has absolutely no social life because he doesn't have time and he doesn't have money, obviously. (laughs) They're taught to say yes, chef, and no, chef. And, man, you're not allowed to ask any questions or say anything other than that. He said, if you don't show up for work, you better be dying. (laughs) And and these these are people who earn minimum wage. They never see the people that they are cooking for other than to get maybe a little green ticket that's posted to their station that tells them what they have to be cooking. And yet they have such a passion for what they do and for the food that they're making that that's what it's all about. And this is valuable experience for them for when hopefully they later will move up on the chain. Exactly. And and it's really, it's almost like being an actor because, you know, you, you can be kind of a standby and hope that you're always going to get one shot at the big deal 
there are not a lot of chefs for the number of line cooks that are are working now. But eventually, hopefully, either they leave town and do it somewhere else or or they become a chef. And the, the stories, I have about six stories of different chefs in the book, and these stories are amazing, too, because these people are talking about what it took to become a chef, and they there's not one that has any regret on how much time they spent waiting for the big opportunity. And speaking of actors, they're probably actors that are taking the food from the chef, uh, the line cooks and bringing yeah. it to the people. The waiters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, I, my chapter, The Front of the House, has a guy named David McQueen, who is actually, he calls himself a waiter sculptor. I said, how about a sculptor <laughs> waiter? He said, no, when I sell more statues, and I make more money than I make being a waiter, then I'll call myself a sculptor waiter. Oh. But he talks about the importance of um, making peace with the fact that you're going to be in a servile situation. And he said, if you feel that you're being demeaned by being a waiter, then being a waiter is not for you. But mm-hmm. if you feel that the fact that you're making people happy or you're making their day by delivering something nice for them so they can have a lovely experience, then he said that's what a waiter has to feel to be a good waiter. Basically what it comes down to is that passion, having the passion for whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's being a waiter or cooking in the in the kitchen as a line cook. Um, you know, Having that passion is going to be the main trigger, is going to be the central force, and you continuing to do what you do because you enjoy it, not necessarily keeping in mind all the negatives, but focusing on those positives and having fun with it. One of the questions that a lot of people ask me are what the common denominators are among the people who work in food at all levels. And the answer is grit and guts and perseverance and above all a passion for food. And I I said, without that, you may as well become an accountant or a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw that in um, two of the stories that I like were Danino's Pizzeria, just because I'm a big pizza fan. Uh-huh. And also the halal guys. And I'm, both of them talked about how basically it's a seven-day job. And the yes. halal guys were talking about how they're out there during the snowstorm. They're out there during Superstorm Sandy until the cop told them to go away. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. You know, there is no weather. There's only the work. One of the people that I interviewed is does the craft service, which is she feeds the people who are making movies and commercials in New York City. And she opened her own business. She took a risk. She went into the business. She cold called. She got a job. Her first job was in Central Park in Five Below Zero, trying to feed people. And she had nowhere to plug her coffee pot in and all that. But she did it. And she froze to death, she said. But today she's she's one of the top, they call it craft service, in New York City. So they have to stick with it, too. Perseverance is another big part of it. I'll tell you, a lot of these stories, they're not only passionate, but they're funny. You know, some of these, mm-hmm. the people are funny, and they, they're just people that you would never otherwise get to meet. You really meet them by hearing them tell the stories on their own, rather than my telling their story. If there's one thing we've learned interviewing a lot of people that have to deal with food, is that there's always funny stories every day. Yeah, because things don't work, yeah. and things <laughs> drop. And somebody talked about um, watching a chef pick up a a roast duck. It fell on the floor. They picked it up by the leg, and the leg separated from the duck, and they're trying to figure out what they can do to glue the thing back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. Some of those stories we don't want to hear when we're sitting there trying to wait for (laughs) it. 
That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You've got it. When you're going into a restaurant or when you're getting food from someone, you're about the food in that moment. Like, I'm so hungry. I just want to get my food. But this book really helps you to get a sense for the people behind it, the people who have this passion to do what they do, to put delicious things on your plate, right? Or in your hand. And so what sort of impact do you think that this will continue to have on the community? Well, it's, first of all, it's gotten early, amazing early reviews, and people who are talking about it already are saying exactly what you're talking about, that it's opening everyone's eyes to what goes on behind the food that they're served. And, and my thinking is everyone has a story to tell if only someone will listen. So you're getting stories of people, not only the hotshot chefs, but you're getting the stories of the immigrants, and people who you otherwise would never get to know. So that's making it interesting. And also, I separated these chapters, and one of them has to do with starting from scratch. So we talked about the halal guys, but Mm -hmm. another is people who inherited their jobs. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is also fascinating. One young Chinese man was talking about how his father only wanted him to be in the financial business. So he went to Morgan Stanley and he was in the World Trade Center when the plane went into it and he only got out because he was very lucky. And he talks about that story. In fact, when he told me the story, he said he had never really talked about it to anyone before. But his first thought was he wanted to go to his uncle's restaurant. That was all he could think about. And then he realized that that's where he thought his life should be, and he quit his job at Morgan Stanley, and he took over the restaurant Nomwa, which is the oldest restaurant in New York City, wow. Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Well, that is a great story to end on. Thank you so much for telling us that. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. That was Ina Yaloff, author of Food in the City, New York's Professional Chefs, Restaurateurs, Line Cooks, Street Vendors, and Purveyors talk about what they do and why they do it. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. <laughs>